You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Let's get started with the GOATs of Week 10, uh, quarterback position. It was a really crazy week, and there's something that all the top quarterbacks have in common, except for Lamar Jackson, and that is they all lost. So take that how you will. It just kind of shows how crazy the uh, football season can be. I have all these fantastic performances by these quarterbacks, and all in a losing effort. So... The first one I'd like to talk about, who was a total beast, and you obviously are going to play him regardless, Patrick Mahomes, 36 for 50, 446 yards, three touchdowns against the Titans. Now, that's just insane to me. Um, He just got back off of injury, so you were a little nervous because you know he was coming off that injury. And he was playing the Titans, which aren't pushovers on defense, even though they gave up a ton of yards to Christian McCaffrey last week. And with Mahomes, it doesn't matter. He can play anybody, and he's going to throw up points. So he really uh, stood out. And uh, I I can't say it was too surprising, but it it was surprising in in regards to the fact that he just came off an injury. Dak Prescott, man, 28 for 46, 397 yards. Three touchdowns, one interception. So, and on top of that, I think the the biggest takeaway from Dak Prescott's day was the fact that he created his own meme of him doing kind of a quarterback hip thrust that was uh, pretty pretty hilarious. So, um, and I'm sure everyone's seen it all over the place, but... Uh, not only did he have a monster week, but uh, he's probably going to have a lot of copycats doing that because they're like, man, if Dak Prescott can warm up like that and, and play that way, uh, I'm all aboard on that. And, uh, you know, it was against Minnesota, too, who surprisingly has given up quite a bit in the air. And, you know, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and I think right now they're, they're it's more reputation than it is production because they're just not getting it done and and teams have been able to pass against the Vikings. So moving on to Kyler Murray, 27-44, 324 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Kyler Murray was set up to have a a monster game, and I really liked Kyler Murray. Him and Drew Brees were my my top guys I really liked. and uh, Foolish of me that I went with Drew Brees. We'll get to that later. But... Kyler Murray just, you know, and the three touchdowns were all to Christian Kirk. So if there's any question on who the uh, uh, the main re- recipient at receiver is for the Cardinals, it, now that he's healthy, it's definitely Christian Kirk. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, it was so bad for Tampa Bay this year defending the pass that they just outright cut Vernon Hargraves. Um, he's since got picked up by the uh, Texans, but man, for you to be a number one pick starting on the defense and then just get outright cut after a bad game is something. It's almost like, you know, you don't even get to finish the game. Get out of here. Go get your stuff out of your locker and leave. You're done. And that's really what it was like. So, but, uh, so not only Kyler Murray is he throwing up crazy fantasy points, but he's uh, also making people lose their jobs, and uh, like he did this last weekend. Daniel Jones, outrageous. Daniel Jones was just crazy. I mean, he didn't even have an interception. He did have a fumble, but 26 for 40, 306 yards, four touchdowns, two to Slayton, two to Golden Tate. Against the Jets, it shows how porous the Jets defenses but here's the thing with Daniel Jones is he produces when he doesn't play a very good defense when he does play a good defense it's the complete opposite but you got to take advantage of Daniel Jones when he's playing these weak defenses because he is just lighting them up and 
you know, there's great things for Daniel Jones in the future in regards to uh, as he develops because you're already seeing a lot to like. And, yeah, the only people that are laughing right now are the, well, Giants fans and uh, Giants uh, front office. You know, they drafted him. Everyone laughed at him. And now they're laughing at everybody else. Lamar Jackson, 15 for 17, 223 yards, three touchdowns. He also ran the ball for 65 yards and a touchdown. Had that fantastic run where he just he broke every tackle, seemed to run by everybody. It was the Bengals. So, you know, Lamar Jackson does those things against teams like the Bengals. But by far, between him and Russell Wilson's the MVP. Uh, and what's impressive is, you know... He, he couldn't pass, as everyone was stating. But here he is, you know, 15 for 17, which shows pretty good accuracy on, on top of that. And, and they don't even need to pass that much because they're pretty effective with the, uh, the, the passes they do throw. And, and Mark Andrews got two of those touchdowns, which we'll get to as well. But, yeah, crazy week. And, uh, again, Lamar Jackson was the only one out of those – five quarterbacks that actually won the game so uh just shows how how tight it is uh, in an nfl game moving right along to running backs uh want to start with derrick henry monster game against the chiefs 23 rushes 88 yards had two touchdowns and yeah derrick henry is just what he is and and you know, I wasn't predicting a huge week from him because I figured the Chiefs would be so far ahead that they would have to, well, the Titans would have to be passing, which really limits Derrick Henry, you know, being not a big threat out of the backfield. But, man, they hung in there with the, the Chiefs the whole game and really got uh, Henry involved, and he he produced. So he's one of the, uh, the top plays of the week at running back. Uh, right after that, you know, Christian McCaffrey, 20 rushes, 108 yards, a touchdown. He had six receptions, 33 yards against the Packers. Now, McCaffrey was doing McCaffrey things, but you know what's sad is you can be as great as McCaffrey and you have a game like he had, and you're a little disappointed. You know, especially in, like, the FanDuel lineups, you, he's almost, you know, 10-5, uh, which is a fortune. And so you expect him just to, you know, pretty much double that production. And that's not really fair when when uh, anyone else does that and you're just amazed by it. Christian McCaffrey does it. You're kind of like, you know, kind of ho-hum about it. Dalvin Cook, 26 rushes, 97 yards, one touchdown. He also had seven catches for 86 yards. And, and so him getting involved in the passing game with Adam Thielen being hurt has been something to behold because his value is just insane and He's not stopping or slowing down. And really the only thing that's going to stop him, it's not going to be a defense, it's going to be injury. So, you know, obviously if you're owning Dalvin Cook in your fantasy team, you're, you know, that's a jinx. Uh, and if he gets hurt next week, you can definitely get mad at me. But uh, I don't want to jinx him because he's fun to watch. And against the Cowboys too, you know, Cowboys defense isn't, you know, I think it was a little overhyped in regards to what, people thought of them coming into this year, but you still expect a little bit more from them than what they've been doing. And, uh, you know, Dak, uh, on the other side, has been throwing a lot, so maybe that's something to do with it where the Cowboys' defense is more on the field, but Davin Cook has really uh, really came to play that game and has had great production. Aaron Jones for the Packers, 13 for 93 yards, three touchdowns, doing what we thought he would do the week before when he was kind of a ghost on our podcast. Against the Panthers, you know, it's not surprising. Panthers can't stop the run, and Aaron Jones was just dominant, getting all the goal line touches, broke Jamal Williams' streak of, I think, four games in a row of scoring a touchdown. So Aaron Jones is just basically said, I will take those touchdowns, and uh, took all three of them. Uh, so if you're a Jamal Williams owner, you're a little disappointed, but Aaron Jones is just doing Aaron Jones things, and he's he hasn't, what, 10 touchdowns already this year? Uh, he's tied with McCaffrey, so 
yeah, it's just insane what Aaron Jones is doing right now. Moving right along to our receiver goats, you know, it really starts and ends with the, the Giants. It was kind of a disappointing day for receivers. You know, Michael Thomas got a ton of yards, ton of receptions, like 13 receptions, 172 yards, I believe, and no touchdowns. And that's kind of the theme of the day is there's yards to be had, but not a lot of scoring. And so when you we go to the goats, you you kind of begins and ends with Christian Kirk's day. He only had six catches, but he had 138 yards and three touchdowns. All three actually uh, of the touchdowns for for the Arizona Cardinals against the Buccaneers. Christian Kirk is a men amongst men, and I say that because well he came out of nowhere, and to do what he did, you know I was kind of. I was hesitant to play him. I have him in my fantasy. Played him in FanDuel, as you know from last week. But uh, it's just because of the the Cardinals. They can pass for a lot of yards, but they pass, they mix it around so well. You know, is Isabella going to get the big play? Fitzgerald's going to get like eight targets with like thirty yards. You know, they throw the running back so much. So Christian Kirk really hasn't had his breakout game, and then sure enough, here he is. He has it, and. You know, outside of a couple matchups with the 49ers, you got to like what uh, he's going to look like the rest of the season. Darius Slayton, 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns against the Jets. He was set up to have a great week with Sterling Shepard being out, Evan Ingram being out. All they had was pretty much him and Golden Tate in the passing game. And Slayton didn't disappoint. He was slaying. Uh to add a cheesy pun to his name. And, uh, again, you, you kind of wanted to believe in him and you liked the matchup. And I think just, again, he, he had previous games where he scored a couple touchdowns. And I think you kind of were banking on that uh, previous showing to rear its head against the Jets. And it did, but it definitely was a, a risky play that you weren't necessarily confident about. But uh, kudos to Darius for really stepping up and uh and helping the team even though they they lost that game. Uh, Golden Tate, four catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. He really wouldn't have been on there if it wasn't for the two touchdowns, but uh again, it was such low scoring uh this week for receivers that uh, Golden Tate stood out in that regard. And, you know, basically, you know, a little over 220 yards and four touchdowns for the Giants receivers is a pretty big day and, and definitely wor is worth being mentioned in this segment right here. And for it being a quiet week for receivers in week 10, it definitely wasn't as quiet for the tight ends. Uh, tight ends have really been kind of famine this year, but they really came out in droves for week 10 and have actually there's been a lot of production. Starting off with Mark Andrews, he had six catches, 53 yards, two touchdowns against the Bengals. Now, I know it's against the Bengals, and uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, you saw the potential of Mark Andrews early in the year, and he had trouble being consistent throughout the year. So there's definitely a lot of spots where you were even thinking about benching him. But uh, this matchup was just too good to be true, and he, he definitely... Uh, Definitely came out to play and had a great game. The big surprise, even though, um, you know, we'll talk about this. Kyle Rudolph, four catches, 14 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And on top of that, he had a one two-point conversion on top of that against the Cowboys. And Cowboys aren't great against the tight end, so Rudolph was kind of a sneaky play, especially with Thielen being hurt. Uh, and you were wondering who would pick up the slack for Thielen. And you kind of saw it, you know, it was more Dalvin Cook in the passing game, and it was a whole lot more Kyle Rudolph uh, in the red zone. And he had that one nice one-handed catch, and it makes you wonder why maybe they weren't using Kyle Rudolph more often in, in the red zone uh, previously, even with uh, Thielen, because uh, he looked pretty comfortable. And, uh, again, two touchdowns and, and a two-point conversion. So this was definitely... Th 
made his season because Rudolph has really been a non-factor most of the season. So uh, he's actually a pretty good play, I think, until Thielen gets back. Travis Kelsey, I mean, Mahomes is throwing you the ball. You're, you're going to get some yards and some touchdowns. But he had seven catches, 75 yards, one TD against the Titans. And, you know, the, the matchup was what it was. But, again, with Mahomes, it doesn't matter. So I think you can play any Chiefs player, uh, at least Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, um, and uh, Damian Williams and not really worry about the opponent at this point because the Chiefs can just pretty much do what they want to anybody. Now, their defense is so bad that they're not necessarily winning games, but their offense is productive. And I wanted to throw this one in here just because it's not a fluke. And, you know, he, he had a great game the week before, and people were kind of hesitant to jump on that train. Well, now I think you can fully jump on that train and buy a ticket and have a seat and relax because Jacob Hollister, eight receptions, 62 yards, one touchdown against the 49ers. And Hollister, I think, is a great pickup. You know, the last two weeks, Disley's not coming back, and they were looking for that replacement in Seattle for weeks now. And uh, Hollister, yeah, two weeks in a row, it definitely sold me on his uh, – his involvement in this offense from here on out. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, you gotta like his name too. Same as a clothing line. So he's, he's in a fashion, he's a fashionable start. Uh, I will say for, uh, the rest of the season. Let's get started with our ghost segment of week 10, starting with the quarterbacks. I think this week pretty much starts and ends with Drew Brees. Now, I bet a, bet on him for my fantasy team, bet on him for my fan duel, bet on him in Vegas. I bet my firstborn child on him. That's how confident I was that he was going to have an amazing game. I mean, the stars just aligned on this one. Falcons being one of the worst passing teams and or defenses against the pass in the NFL. Uh, on top of that, both their cornerbacks were injured and, and not playing. And so you had two backup cornerbacks with the worst pass defense. And it just doesn't get any juicier than that. And then total dud from Drew Brees. And to make matters worse, you know, you, you have Michael Thomas to team up with Brees. And the only shot you have at scoring is the last play of the game where Michael Thomas is down at the one yard line six inches more and it's a touchdown so uh, I mean I know that's what she said but that was just ridiculous in regards to the disappointment that overwhelmed America on Drew Brees so 32 for 45 287 yards and and that's it 287 yards no touchdowns nothing he was also sacked six times which I think that was a big surprise, too, because the Falcons' pass rush has been non-existent, and all of a sudden, they're just breaking through the New Orleans offensive line. Uh, Breeze didn't have any time to do anything, and it was it was just very disappointing. I, I'm, I'm still not over it, as you can see, and it's, it's three days later. Uh, Jared Goff, 22 for 41, 243 yards, two interceptions, got sacked four times, he had a fumble, which I'll be honest, was a questionable fumble. It could have maybe been incomplete. But regardless, uh, Steelers' defense is just dominant. And, and Jared Goff, when he's not at home, is horrid. I mean, his his breaks from uh, home games to away games are just night and day. He's a completely different quarterback on the road. And with the Steelers' defense, the way it's just kind of gelled together, Jared Goff just didn't have a chance, and he got annihilated. So I can't say it was surprising because you had you had a, a feel that it might break out that way. Uh, Steelers were actually a defense that uh, I was was my second defense to start over the Ravens. Now I know I can say that, but at least I did start them on my my fancy football team. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, this was surprising. Uh, 17 for 29, 233 yards. And that's it. 233, 233 yards. He was sacked twice. That's it. Against the Panthers. And you expected more from him against the Panthers. I mean, obviously, McCaffrey was doing uh, McCaffrey things on the other end against the Packers. And I think... Maybe Aaron Jones, uh, you know, that competition of uh, top running backs, they, they, they kept giving the rock to Aaron Jones, kind of saying, hey, we have our own McCaffrey, but uh, not really passing the ball as much towards the goal line, really trying to run it in. And uh, so, again, huge night for Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, uh, not so much. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 21 of 33, 169 yards. He had one interception, sacked three times. Now, you know, it, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it was the Dolphins, so you weren't really worried too much about Ryan Fitzpatrick. You probably didn't start him, and so you probably didn't really care that he had a bad game. And, and to be honest, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's... It's the Dolphins. So uh, if you were starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, which maybe you were if you had a two-quarterback league or you were on a bye. But it was against the Colts, too. And not that it was a great matchup. Colts defense is a little underrated. But it was just bad football on both sides all the way around. And, yeah, it the, the game it was nothing to talk about. So... Moving over to the running backs, uh, another head-scratcher. Saquon Barkley against the Jets. I mean, you saw that on paper, and you were just salivating at that matchup. You just wanted a whole lot of Saquon Barkley. And I don't blame anybody, but his stat line went 13 attempts, one yard. It's not even yards. Uh, it's one yard. I, I don't know how Saquon Barkley managed to get one yard on 13 carries. And I'm not saying it like, I can't believe he got one yard. I'm, it's just baffling. And, and I don't know if he's still hurt and just trying to play or what's going on, but the the Jets haven't necessarily been that dominant against the rush. And they haven't been horrible, but, well, I take it back. They have been horrible. So for Saquon Barkley to, to do that is just dumbfounding to me. Uh, moving along, Alvin Kamara. Four attempts, 24 yards. Now, that's a pretty good average. It's just the fact that they only got four attempts. And it's really because Alvin Kamara was coming off that injury. I, I don't think he's all the way back. So you were starting him thinking he had a, a decent matchup and he was going to produce. Um, but they, they really didn't use him as much as what you would anticipate. So it really made for a ghost week for him, which was unfortunate because you hate to waste those good weeks. But... You also want a healthy uh, Alvin Kamara playing running back. Uh, Zeke Elliott. So Ezekiel got 20 carries for only 47 yards against the Vikings defense. Vikings, they're a good defense, but uh, I think if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner, you're a little concerned because uh, Elliott used to be a, a play, almost like Dalvin Cook, where he can play against anybody and he was going to produce and... Elliot, uh, even against some of the worst matchups that he's had, is is not doing Elliot type things that you're used to seeing. And uh, this one, especially against the Vikings, was pretty disappointing. Especially when you what, are averaging two point uh, one yards a, a carry. Uh, the next two people I kind of want to lump together because uh, David uh, David Montgomery. Uh, and Devin Singletary. David Montgomery, 17 rushes for 60 yards, and Devin Singletary, 8 rushes for 42 yards. That's just... I mean, people were playing them pretty confident in their abilities to have a monster game, and for them just to end with the, that stat line was really disappointing. And you expected a lot better from them. So it, it kind of shows the inconsistency of the Bears' offense, where, you know... Montgomery's definitely their workhorse, but they 
you know, can't necessarily block for them and, and they don't give them all the opportunities. And, and then with uh, Singletary, uh, very clearly the, the most talented back between him and Frank Gore, um, prime for, you know, to take over the role. And then they just keep going back to Frank Gore, which it, it's just baffling. And, uh, you know, they lost. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason. So, yeah, it, it's just tough to figure out sometimes. Another baffling ghost at receiver, and we'll get to all the ghosts we've had at receiver for Week 10. It really starts, though, with Cooper Cup. He was targeted three or four times, zero catches, zero yards. And it's kind of a caveat because the Steelers are notorious for giving up a ton of points to the slot receiver. They're actually one of the worst teams this year. Uh defending the, the slot receiver. But, you know, that transformation that happened with uh, once they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick really just kind of shut down the middle between him, Devin Bush, and Mark Barron. And, yeah, teams aren't finding... <laughs> they keep going to that well, and it's not working anymore. And, you know, just with uh, Cooper Cup especially, you expected a big day from him, and you didn't get it. I mean, to just be goose like that was... Uh, it's pretty devastating for fantasy owners when he's been, you know, such a, uh, you know, top three receiver all year. And, and to have that happen was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a tough break. The next one was A.J. Brown. Everyone was kind of talking up A.J. Brown coming into the week against the Chiefs. Thought he'd have a big game. You know, they were less so on Corey Davis, especially since he was out. So they were like, man, this is all lined up for A.J. Brown. And it wasn't the case. He had one catch, 17 yards. That was it. So, and, and that's the thing uh, on banking on the Titans offense. You're, you're going to be let down. And A.J. Brown's a, a special talent, but uh, he, he, the offense's inconsistency is showing why it's tough to rely on A.J. Brown for uh, production fantasy-wise. Tyler Lockett, now... Yeah, and these next two are going to be kind of injury, uh, but nonetheless, it, it doesn't make it any less aggravating. Tyler Lockett, three catches, 26 yards, and I don't recall a time I've ever seen Lockett only get 26 yards, but then again, I don't ever usually see a time where Lockett gets hurt, and that was the case against the 49ers. Uh, and then on the other side, Emmanuel Sanders, two catches, 24 yards, Kind of the same thing, where he expected Sanders to have a, a huge game against the uh, Seattle secondary, and he gets hurt, and those, uh, yeah, those targets go to uh, Kendrick Bourne and, and Debo Samuel uh, the rest of the game. So it, it's definitely frustrating where you, you think the Niners have finally found that number one receiver, and now, you know, uh, who knows how long he'll he'll be out. Going right into the tight end ghosts of Week 10, it isn't that surprising. There's not a lot of tight ends that you thought were going to really produce that didn't. There is one, but uh, most of this list are guys that you gave up on probably a long time ago. Trey Burton, zero catches, zero yards, and you wonder what happened to Trey Burton had that big year the first year with the Bears. You know, he was came over from the Eagles. They expected big things from him. And then he's just been a ghost. The You know, and, and it definitely has to do with Mitch Trubisky and that offense. The offense is horrible. But, you know, they did win. And Trubisky did throw for three touchdowns. And Burton was a non-factor in the offense altogether. So... Uh, it's just crazy how far the the stock of Trey Burton has fallen, um, where it's he's not even worth mentioning at this point. Vance McDonald, three catches, eleven yards. If if you have if you're a Vance McDonald owner, you know the beginning of the of the season, you're like, man, Antonio Brown is gone, and all those targets are gonna have to go to you know another receiver and uh, Vance McDonald, and this is Vance McDonald is just ready to break out and have a huge year and you know Ben gets hurt 
and it hasn't been the case. Vance McDonald has been really quiet this year. And he's been targeted and just, yeah, three catches, 11 yards, just not getting it done and, uh, you know, really not doing what you expected him to do. And this is a, a Vance McDonald that's uh, not open 24 hours uh, at all. And uh, I, I don't see good things the rest of the year for him in that offense right now. They're, they're still trying to find their identity, and it's you know already too late in the season to uh, expect them to find it. Jason Witten, two catches for 17 yards for the Cowboys. Blake Jarwin uh, did some things, but uh, Witten usually has been the more targeted tight end, and uh, surprisingly has been a little more productive than I imagined after being retired for a year. But uh, didn't do it against the Vikings. Uh, really bad outcome. And we'll move along to Mike Gesicki. Hyped up all week. He was getting targets. Had a great week the previous week. And then with Preston Williams being out, they're like, you know, Gesicki's primed to have a breakout year the rest of the year. He's going to be a second-half stud. Uh, they're going to start using him and giving him targets. And he plays the Colts, gets three catches for 28 yards, and he fumbles once. So really, those 28 yards are more like eight yards, and really disappointing for fantasy owners that uh, kind of put their faith behind him and uh, his uh, invisible production that was going to happen from here on out. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of high on him, and, and not that I'm, I've soured on him the rest of the, of the year, but you can't like that production especially when you're expecting big things from him. So that wraps up our Ghosts of the Week segment. Yay! Let's get right into it for our pickups of the week. Let's get started at quarterback, my number one pickup at quarterback right now. And this is just because I've pretty much brought up everyone else. You know, you should have gotten Nick Foles last week um, when he was available. He is starting this week. Uh, but my quarterback is Dwayne Haskins and I know what you're thinking it's the Redskins they're awful everyone's telling you to play the Jets defense and uh, you know that they're going to dominate the Redskins with Haskins being quarterback and my rebuttal to that is did you see what the Jets did last week with a rookie quarterback now I, I know it was Daniel Jones but the Jets defense isn't good enough to be streaming against a bad offense, you know, I think it actually makes the bad offense better, and you're going to get some production from that bad offense against the Jets' defense. So, at least for this week, Dwayne Haskins is definitely a good play, especially when you got weapons like Terry McLaren and Adrian Peterson. Uh, Darius Geis is more than likely coming back. So, he has some weapons there, and, you know, Paul Richardson, not that he's anything special, but uh, I just think that uh, with how bad the Jets' secondary is, that for at least one week, Dwayne Haskins could be a guy that gets you the points, especially if you have some injuries or you know there's a bye week issue that you have. Why not take the chance on Haskins? He end up, you know, he could end up being pretty productive for you. Uh, we'll move along to running back since we only had the one. Uh, we'll start off with J.D. McKissick. Ty Johnson got a concussion, and he wasn't doing anything with his opportunities anyways. Um, you don't like to see a guy get a concussion, but, you know, it's tackle football, and J.D. McKissick is the next one in line. And actually, he's the only one in line, so it's basically, you know, you're giving the golden tickets out, and, well, you're going to give it, if, if J.D. McKissick's the only one there waiting for that golden ticket, you're, you're probably going to give it to him, so... Uh, just by uh, the fact that there's no other options in the Lions' backfield, J.D. McKissick is is the ad. And you, depending on how long Ty Johnson's concussion happens to uh, keep him out, McKissick will be a great play uh, for the Lions, and, and you're hoping to get a little more run production uh, from the Lions than you, you have previously with uh, Karen Johnson being out. Miles Gaskins is the next one. And the reason why I threw him in there is he's an interesting guy. You need to really watch him. He's a rookie running back out of Washington. 
the reason why I say this is because the Dolphins are out of the playoffs. They're they're not going anywhere. Miles Gaskins uh, is you know one of their guys. They drafted him. They want to see what they have in him. Kalen Balaj already had a chance to take over the backfield, and he failed. And I just see Miles Gaskins' opportunities increase as the season goes along and as the Dolphins fall more and more out of the playoff picture. You know, they won two games, two games more than what anyone thought they would. And so it, I think he's he's worth a, a look because uh, the Dolphins do have some decent matchups coming up. Brian Hill for the Falcons is the probably the number one add that you want to uh, add to your team. He's playing the Panthers this week, which is a prime matchup for him. And he's looked good. I mean, last week against the Saints, he he looked pretty decent. He had that nice touchdown. And uh, I think, you know, with Devonta Freeman's knee keeping him out, Hill will be a nice play. And I think he's the best running back for the Falcons this year so far. He just looks more explosive than everybody, which uh, I really think the injuries to Freeman are catching up with him because he doesn't look like the same back that he did previous, you know, previous seasons. So definitely Brian Hill's the big ad at running back, number one priority, to be honest. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I really like him. You know, Brita's out. I like him even more. He's never the every down back. Tevin Coleman definitely has that role, but you want to play the guy. You know, you see his speed and he's just so explosive. He's electric and, uh, you, you want to get that guy, and he has a great matchup this week, and I, I don't know, I th- especially if Breida's out, you, you definitely need to pick up Mostert and, and give it a go, especially if you don't have uh, a good flex option or, you know, again, buys, injuries. Uh, he's definitely someone to check out. So we're moving along to wide receiver, Darius Slayton for the Giants. I don't really need to tell you that. I mean, you saw the two-touchdown game over 100 yards receiving last week against the Jets. And Shepard, you know, he's practicing, but, you know, there's rumors that he's not coming back this year. And, I mean, if I was him, why would you? You know, you're, you're messing with your career with the head injuries, and the Giants are definitely out of the playoffs. And... Slayton's been taking advantage of his opportunities. I mean, between him and Golden Tate, it, they've been formidable, and uh, he's definitely worth a pickup, and he's available in most leagues. So, uh, you know, the first two-touchdown game he had didn't fool anybody, uh, which it probably should have because now he has a, a second two-touchdown game, and uh, he has some good matchups, so you need to pick him up. Uh, I have Debo Samuel next. Emmanuel Sanders is hurt. I'm not sure when he's coming back. Debo Samuel looked really good. He looked he looked like the go-to receiver for Garoppolo once Sanders left the game. Dante Pettis is in the doghouse, which we'll get to. He's not getting anything. And actually, the only other person that uh, receiver-wise that I would want on the 49ers is Kendrick Bourne. Um as he's getting targets, but as a pickup option, Debo Samuel. And I, you know, if, if Sanders is out, I think Samuel has some pretty big games in his future. So you definitely want him on your roster when that happens, especially, you know, as the playoffs are nearing. Andy Isabella for the Cardinals. I have him because his volume, well, target volume is just going up and up every game. He makes big plays, too. You know, he had the 77-yard touchdown catch, and then last week he had another long uh, catch. It wasn't a touchdown. But uh, he's getting more involved in the offense, and he's he's a game-breaker. He has some great speed. He's worth keeping on your team, and as the season goes along towards the playoffs, you know, uh, he could be, you know, his usage could go up on the Cardinals' offense, and uh, I'd rather have him than and, than not have him. And what you're trying to do now is build your playoff roster because uh, at this point, you, you know, you're, you're getting close to the playoffs. You, you, you want players that uh, have great upside for the rest of the season. And Andy Isabella is definitely one of those people. Chris Conley for the Jaguars. As long as D.D. Westbrook is out, Conley is, is one of the guys. And he's been producing. 
he was a great threat for the Chiefs and, you know, expected more when he came to the Jaguars. The Jaguars surprisingly have a sneaky receiving core with uh, Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Shark, and uh, Chris Conley. And uh, Chris Conley's been productive, so you can't ignore him anymore with, with his volume that he's getting, the yards he's getting. Uh, he's definitely worth a pickup, and he's available in so many leagues that uh, it's actually surprising. And I, I just think that people are sleeping on the Jaguars' offense a little bit. My last one is Nikhil Harry, only because he was taking off IR. With him being off IR, um, I, I think that uh, the Patriots are going to want to use him. He was a first-round pick. wasn't a first-round pick for nothing. So I definitely will think you'll start seeing him incorporated in the offense. And with Tom Brady, you don't know what to expect. Great things could definitely happen. So he's definitely worth a stash on your roster at this point. Moving along the tight end, uh, there's not a whole lot, to be honest. And especially with the injuries, you know, you have Austin Hooper. Do you want Luke Stocker? I'm really not even looking at him as a as a ad for any team at this point. You know, George Kittle got hurt, uh, so that's why I do have Ross Dwelly. I think that 49ers, whoever takes over that uh, tight end position for George Kittle while he's hurt, is valuable. And there's some great matchups. They have some great tight end matchups coming up, the 49ers do. So if you're able to get Ross Dwelly, he will be a great replacement for uh, Kittle owners or trying to block Kittle owners. In not only that, but he could be productive and get you some yards and touchdowns. Now, he won't be George Kittle by any means at all, actually. There's only one George Kittle, um, but Ross Dwelly will, you know, be able to get you some points, so he, he won't be a bad fill-in. I have Ryan Griffin, and only because I've been talking up Chris Herndon all year. You know, he's going to be tight end one. you got to get him before his suspension's over. Then he's hurt. And he's finally going to play, you know, all that waiting that you did of getting Chris Herndon. And now he's out for the year after one catch for seven yards. So basically, it's a bunch of hype for one catch and seven yards. And I think that really strengthens the case of Ryan Griffin. Because Griffin's been pretty solid for the Jets. And you didn't want to pick him up because you knew Herndon was going to be there any minute and now that's not the case. So go ahead and pick up Ryan Griffin. He will actually, uh, I think he'll, especially with the Jets' schedule, he'll give you some uh, solid tight end production uh, for your fantasy team. And it'll be right in time since it's, you know, so close to the playoffs. Jacob Hollister, I was hesitant at first with the first game, but after watching the second game, the way they used him, he definitely has taken hold of that tight end spot and you need to be adding him. Russell Wilson likes to use tight ends, and Hollister's the guy he's using. So it wasn't just a one-week fluke anymore. And, I mean, he's on a bye this week, so he might be a good add uh, before he gets off the bye, and people are looking to add him then. But uh, he's been solid, and, uh, you know, I made the joke, he... uh, will dress really nice as he's uh, scoring those touchdowns with the name Hollister. Um, Cheesy joke alert, I know. But uh, last one is Kyle Rudolph. You know, I was kind of out on Kyle Rudolph. He just wasn't being used. You knew he had the talent, but, you know, the Vikings offense just wasn't using the tight end position. And then all of a sudden, Thielen is hurt. He's out of the picture. And the Vikings offense starts throwing it to Kyle Rudolph. And he had two touchdowns, two-point conversion. He actually had a nice one-handed catch even in the end zone. So, I mean, it was only 14 yards, but if they're going to use him in the uh, the red zone like that, he's worth a pickup, and you need to grab him for sure. Other than that, outside of, like I said, with the injuries, there's not too many tight ends I'm excited about. And not that I'm totally excited about all these guys, but I, I definitely think you'll get some production from these guys, uh, you know, let alone the uh, other ones. Moving right along to our news and notes. The uh, 
big news this week, uh, Colin Kaepernick is doing a tryout for NFL teams. The uh, There's a big dispute over Kaepernick's camp stating that the NFL is going to release them with a list of people that will be in attendance, and the NFL is against that. Um, I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, this is kind of like a horse and pony show. I don't know why the NFL is, is doing this. Um, and it's not that I'm against Kaepernick. I mean, you know, I'm all for free speech. He can do what he wants. And uh, I'm all for teams if they don't want to sign him, not being, you know, not signing him. Uh, do I think he should have got some tryouts? Probably. Um, but at the same time, uh, this mass tryout for NFL teams, it's like if you know NFL teams were inter- interested in them, they would have tried them out already. So for the fact that they're kind of holding this like circus tryout for him, just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I don't know what the motivation is for the NFL and for Kaepernick to, to do that. But uh, regardless on what I think, it's happening. And uh, I think it'd be pretty ironic if they played the national anthem before the tryout. <laughs> Um, see if, uh, Kaepernick would stand for that, which, uh, you know, you, you know, he probably, he isn't, but, uh, again, it's neither here nor there, and, uh, it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely happening, though. The Sanders injury, Emmanuel Sanders was hurt, um, it might be a couple weeks, it might not, it's definitely something to keep an eye on as of right now. That really increases the value for Debo Samuel, I believe. And, you know, Kittle is hurt as well. So those are two big weapons for the 49ers, and uh, I, I think that increases Ross Dwelly's value to the 49ers. But uh, more so Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel uh, is, could have some really big games in the absence of, of Sanders as he's kind of taken over that other receiver role that's been uh, lacking on the 49ers. And... Uh, it goes back to Dante Pettis being in the doghouse. You know, Kyle Shanahan's not really digging what he's doing for the Niners, and uh, if that's the case, you're not going to be playing, and he's just not getting any targets. I think he's like fifth on the depth chart right now, and uh, so all that promise that everyone had for him at the beginning of, of the season has uh, quickly evapora- evaporated. Hooper, we talked about. Austin Hooper is hurt. He got hurt against this game against the Saints. Um, it's notable because I think you see an increase with Calvin Ridley. Um, Russell Gage, even. I don't think Luke Stocker is going to hold much weight in the fantasy football world. But, uh, you know, it's an MCL for Hooper. Not sure how long that's going to be. It's at least going to be a couple weeks, I would think. So... It's definitely worth keeping an eye on. James Conner's returning for the Steelers. He's going to have a... I don't know, he's going to bust out like gangbusters against the Browns. I mean, that last game he had against the Browns, two touchdowns, 170 yards or so. Uh, I think it might have even been more than that. He is... Uh, he's going to have another big game, I believe. And As long as he stays healthy, I, I think James Conner's big thing is he can't stay healthy uh, throughout a season and even game to game. And uh, if, if he was able to, he's you know a top fantasy play and, and then definitely in this game. So it's good news that he's returning and you can start him with confidence from here on out. Uh, unless, obviously, you know, there's another injury that pops up. Uh, Vernon Hargreaves, uh, he was cut outright by the Buccaneers. So one day you're the starter and you're feeling pretty good about yourself and then the very next day you're benched, and then the day after that you're cut. So that's a pretty drastic turn of events for Vernon Hargraves. He did actually get picked up by the Texans, so we'll see if the Texans can get anything out of him. But, I mean, the Buccaneers have been horrible through the air in regards to their pass defense, and they've given up so many yards and touchdowns to the receiver position that... You can see their frustration with Hargraves or Hargreaves, and I, I, I can't say I blame the Bucks. It's just kind of drastic. And, and on top of that, you know, it's a new regime in, in Tampa Bay, so there's no loyalty towards him. But 
he definitely thought that he would have a better career to this point than he's had. And it could be a change of scenery could actually help him out. He might not be a, a bad cornerback, but uh, there really hasn't been a lot of production uh, from anyone in on the Buccaneer secondary. So it's uh, it definitely could be a good thing for Vernon. Nick Foles returns for the Jaguars. The Minshew mania is over. Uh, no more mustaches to the games. I actually liked the Minshew mania. I thought it was a lot of fun. But Nick Foles is the better quarterback and definitely is going to help the Jaguars' offense. I think with the receivers, any of them are going to definitely do a lot better now that Foles is their quarterback. And uh, he's going to distribute the ball to him, give him a little bit more volume and targets. So he's, I think everyone's happy in in the Jaguar land, um, except for obviously Minshew fans. And, you know, there's something to be said for uh, having swagger. And Minshew had a lot of it. And it makes it kind of sad that uh, it's coming to an end this year. But uh, I'm really excited to see how this offense looks with Nick Foles back the last bit of news that we have is David Joku is coming back from IR next week. There was even rumors he'd be there for the Steeler game. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Looks really unlikely. But uh, keep him on your radar because he's back from IR. He's a great add, and you know a lot of people dropped him once this you know once he went to IR. So he's someone to be looking out for as well. He'll be definitely on my next week of tight end pickups. So anyways, um, I'm not sure exactly what day he's coming back, but uh, he, you definitely just need to add him and keep him on your roster, especially for the playoffs. It could be huge. If you have a number one tight end and you can add Joku on top of that, that's just, uh, it's really going to kind of corner the market at that tight end position. This is all for the Burke and Miz, the Wiz, Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I appreciate you joining us this week. Uh, we'll be back again later this week for the uh, Start and Sit edition of our podcast. And have a great week. We'll be talking to you soon. Mm-hmm.